Amen. Please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. Thank you, music team, for leading us in that song, as it very much will apply to our sermon text this morning. Matthew chapter 5, we'll be reading verses 1 through 10. We will be studying this morning our seventh beatitude of the eighth. We will read them all in context. This is God's holy, authoritative, and inerrant word to us this morning. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would illuminate our minds and our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit so that we may see the truth that is contained here in your word. Lay it up on our minds and our hearts, Lord, and change us this morning, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. One of my favorite bands uh, of all time that I've been listening to for some 20 years is the band U2. And if you don't like U2, then come over and we'll, I'll indoctrinate you to all their great music. One of their songs that I appreciate and love is a very realistic song about the struggle that we have on this earth. And that song is called Peace on Earth. Listen to one of the verses from that song. Heaven on earth, we need it now. I'm sick of all this hanging around, sick of sorrow, I'm sick of the pain, I'm sick of hearing again and again that there's going to be peace on earth. I think Bono here identifies with what life feels like for us in a fallen world, he and very articulately and poetically describes for us the struggle that we sense in this world. We are sick of sorrow. We are sick of pain. We are sick of all the promises that are made by our government and by the world, the promise that this particular thing or that this particular idea is going to guarantee peace on earth. But Jesus has a very different way of describing peace on earth. He has a different solution to the problem of unrest and of sorrow and of pain and of the lack of peace. Jesus teaches us that peace is not going to come in the form of some great militaristic victory. It's not going to be in the form of a military powering, ushering in peace like the Jews had hoped for with the coming of the Messiah. Jesus is teaching us that peace is not going to come by the next big 
peace treaty that our world leaders decide to come up with. Nor is technology or science going to offer the great solution to the problem of sustaining peace in this world. The Bible does not offer peace by way of a treaty or some help, self-help formula. The Bible offers to us peace by way of a person, the Prince of Peace. And so our seventh beatitude this morning, blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called sons of God. And as we continue in our study of the Beatitudes, we can agree here with Martin Lloyd-Jones, who said that there's nothing in the whole range of Scripture which so tests and examines and humbles us like the Beatitudes. They cause us to examine our hearts and examine our lives. And here in the Beatitudes, Jesus is teaching us what kingdom living is about. He is teaching us what Christians are to be. And one of those Beatitudes, one of those things that Christians are to be, are peacemakers. Jesus has come to establish a very different type of kingdom. And it's a kingdom peace. And in this kingdom, it is to be filled with peacemakers. I hope you're beginning to see that these eight beatitudes, they're all connected. They all streamline together. We can't separate one from another. They all form the totality of what Christian living is to be about. And so as we look down through the the first six beatitudes that we've studied, we see that the one who is poor in spirit, who realizes that they have no resources in and of themselves to save themselves, is the one who grieves and mourns over their sin, and it brings about a disposition of being meek, realizing these things, and that we hunger and thirst for the righteousness of God, because by the gospel we have been changed. And we long to show mercy because we have been shown great mercy. And this is all because we've been given a new heart, a pure heart. And those with a new heart long to bring the gospel of peace to the world. So that is what Jesus is getting to here. That is the heart of his message in this short beatitude. Because Christians are those who have experienced the blessing of biblical peace, they now belong to God as his child and long to spread the gospel of peace. So I want us to continue to look at this beatitude with our simple formula of asking the questions, what does it mean to be a peacemaker and what does it mean that we will be called sons of God? First, let's look at peacemaking. This word peacemaker is a a Greek word that is only found in the New Testament. We can't find it anywhere else in the Bible except for really in this verse alone. It's in a sense a a word that Jesus invented, which leaves us wondering what did Jesus mean by blessed are the peacemakers? Is he referring to peace on a large scale, like peace on earth, wars between nations ceasing? Or is he talking about peace on a smaller scale, like quarrels or fights between individuals? Well, we must 
look at what the Word teaches for us to get the heart of what Jesus means here. Because peacemaking was the exact opposite of what the Jewish mind thought that their Messiah was going to usher in or what he was going to be preaching and teaching about. They were sure that their Messiah was going to come in in great military form to conquer the Romans and to kick them out of God's holy land. But they were very disappointed to see that this is not the heart that God the Father has for peacemaking and for the Prince of Peace. And we will see very clearly that peacemaking is at the very heart of the gospel. It's at the very heart of Jesus' message and of his teaching. So what is a peacemaker? A peacemaker is one who makes peace. It's that simple. A peacemaker is one who makes peace. But let's get to the heart of what that word peace means. You may remember some several months back, we studied the Psalms of Ascent. And in Psalm 122, we got at the heart of what biblical peace looks like. The Hebrew word for peace is a word that you're very familiar with, shalom. Shalom is at the heart of the Old Testament. Shalom is an experience of deep satisfaction and completeness that can only be given to us by God. In the New Testament, we see shalom displayed every time Jesus healed someone, every time Jesus rescued someone, every time Jesus called someone out of darkness and into the light, there would be a demonstration of this deep, Sincere shalom, a deep inward spiritual peace that only Jesus can give. So first and foremost, to understand biblical peace, we must look to the author of peace. Because as we search the scriptures, we see that peacemaking is a divine work. God the Father is the author of peace. We know as evangelical Christians and as we've studied our Bibles, that we are saved by grace. Grace is the source of our salvation. We did not merit, we did not earn salvation. It was given to us freely as a gift of God. We are saved by grace. But we experience something very wonderful when we are saved by grace, and this is peace. So peace is the nature of our salvation. We are saved by grace. God is the saving force in our salvation, and he gives us peace. So we are now at peace. Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We must understand, though, that there is a need for peace because of sin. We were enemies of God. Because of sin, there is no peace between God and man. But Romans 5 teaches us that in Christ Jesus, because of his substitutionary atonement on the cross, on our behalf, we have peace with God. God's wrath is no longer against those who have trusted in the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. There's no condemnation 
There is no unrest between God and man because of the cross. This is the great news of the gospel. We now have peace with God through Jesus our Lord. So what is peacemaking? Well, we have seen clearly from the gospel that God first made peace with us by sending his one and only son. And so we look to make peace with others. And Jesus is our peacemaker. In Christ Jesus, God has demonstrated his love. He has demonstrated his resolve to show how far he is willing to go beyond a shadow of a doubt to make peace with man. And therefore, kingdom living, living in God's kingdom as one of his children is about spreading this message of biblical gospel peace. Kingdom living is peacemaking. Because of the gospel, Christians are called to be peacemakers. But we must understand what peacemaking is not. There are some misinterpretations about what Jesus meant here. Because peacemaking is not pacifism. Jesus was not speaking of national peace or world peace like there would be no war between nations. Nations. He's not saying that to be a peacemaker, you have to sit back and just take your licks no matter what. Jesus is speaking here of a biblical peace, a spiritual peace, a peace that we long for inside. A peace that surpasses understanding, a peace that only he can give. As he says in John 14, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Peacemaking is not appeasement. It is not necessarily avoiding conflict at all costs, because Jesus actually said himself that his, his arrival, the, his arrival as the messianic king, as the one whom we must love with our whole hearts, would actually pit family members against one another that our love and devotion to him must be so total and so absolute that even at the expense of possibly causing division among families. The church is called to be brokers of peace. The Apostle Paul instructs the Roman Christians in this matter in Romans chapter 12. He says, Repay no one evil for evil. But give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine and I will repay, says the Lord. A Christian, a peacemaker, does not seek out conflict, nor are we to be responsible for the cause of conflict. We're called to strive for peace and to seek peace. A peacemaker is not quarrelsome. Peacemaking is not a natural grace. It's not our normal disposition. It's not the attitude that we tend to take first. Our nature, apart from the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, is that we are sinful And in our natural self, we are in a state of war. We are at enmity between God and man. 
And so again, we must turn to the gospel and see the peace that Christ has secured for us by his death on the cross. A peacemaker seeks actively to make peace. A peacemaker cultivates peace. A peacemaker works at peace. A peacemaker tends to peace as a gardener would tend to a garden. We're called to be peacemakers. We're called to be peacemakers in many different areas of life. We're called to be peacemakers in the home. There is a, a parental application for us here, for us, for you, parents, for me. In Ephesians 6, the Apostle Paul gives this instruction. He says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And so that's a searching question for parents. Are we peacemakers in our parenting? Is your discipline, is your parenting based solely upon your anger? Your frustration, your irritability with your children, because we're not called to provoke our children to anger. We're called to parent from a perspective of peacemaking. We are not to provoke our children to anger because of our lazy parenting. We're called to broker peace in our homes with our children. This is a message also to husbands and wives. How do you treat your spouse? Honestly, how do you view your spouse, your husband, your wife? Are you constantly looking to criticize every little mistake that they make? Are you causing unrest in your marriage because of your critical nature. What about with other family members? What about strained relationships with brothers, sisters, aunts, and uncles? How are you cultivating peace in your home and with your family? We are called first and foremost to be cultivators of peace in the home. We're called to be peacemakers in our communities. Peacemaking means that we long to tell others of peace that we have found in Christ. And we want others to know the God of this peace. Are you you evangelizing? I'm not asking you, are you walking up on strangers' doors and knocking on them and saying, hey, can I tell you about the good news? That may be your calling, and God bless you if you do that. But what about just your friends, your neighbors? Are you longing to tell them of the gospel of peace? Children, students, what about at school? Are you a peacemaker at school? Or do you find yourselves getting caught up with the crowd and you know, I think I'm going to go pick on that kid because others are picking on that kid. Maybe you're the one being picked on. Jesus calls you, children, students, at school, 
be peacemakers. Because at school, are you a peacemaker? Are you seeking to live godly out at at school? Or are you known to your teachers, as maybe I once was, as a troublemaker? (laughs) As someone whom your coach or your teacher or your instructor is just constantly having to get on to? Are you a peacemaker at school? We're called to be peacemakers in the church. I think this is a special call to PCA Presbyterians. Let's just be honest. Because we like to be right. We like to think that our theology is so perfected that we are God's special American denomination And nobody should dare question us. We should strive for peace. Not at the expense of truth, but to promote truth. We should seek to live peaceably with all, especially with believers. How do you see your role in the church as a peacemaker? Are you one who is known for stirring up trouble in the local church? Or are you seeking to live peaceably? with your brothers and sisters in Christ? Do you come to church to to worship, to to grow, to serve? Are you going to give me a 10-page paper after church to critique my sermon? Maybe you need to do that. You know, that's a question we all have to ask. Do, Do we come to church for just pure, selfish motives? Or are we coming to worship? To be here as brokers of peace, is your membership, is your attendance at the local church, is it one of peace or is it one of discord? We're called to be peacemakers in the world. What is the cause of all the unrest in the world? What is the cause of wars? It's one simple word, sin. Sin. We live in a fallen world, and only when we understand the Bible's definition of sin can we understand the, the unrest that exists in the world and even in our own lives. And we are to seek to be peacemakers in the world by getting involved in the work of reconciliation and evangelism around the world because only heart change is going to broker peace. We seek peace by prayer. We seek peace by the spiritual weapons that God has given us to be peacemakers. Being a peacemaker is a high calling here given by Jesus. A Christian is to go out of their way to make peace. If you're a true follower of Christ, if you are his disciple, if you claim to be a Christian, then your life, your actions should be very different from the world. The way that you treat others, the way that you react to certain things should be very different. As I said one other Sunday, Christians are almost supposed to be weird by the way they react to things. Because a Christian is not angry all the time. A Christian is not looking to pick a fight. A Christian does not treat others with disrespect. A Christian has the character that the apostles teach in their New Testament letters, that when others seek to speak evil and to slander you, 
that they will be put to shame because your reputation in Christ Jesus is that of peacemaking. The psalmist says in Psalm 119, May those who fear you rejoice when they see me because I have put my hope in your word. What a prayer. Lord, may, when, when others see me, when, I'm, when they see me coming down the road, may they, may they rejoice because they know that I love you and that I put my hope in your word. Peacemaking is not my natural tendency. I, I will fight back. I will argue. It's not my natural tendency to be a peacemaker. And from looking at the nodding heads in agreement, I see many of you are in the same boat with me. So what do we do? We must look upward to Jesus Christ. Asking him to crucify our old nature along with its affections, with its lust, with our, to crucify our quarrelsome nature so that we may live as a true child of God. And that is the great blessing that is attached to this promise. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Those who know the peace of God, those who've experienced biblical peace because of the gospel, and have been given, we have been given this position that is the most blessed position, that is the greatest status in all of the earth and in heaven. We get to be a son of God or a child of God. In John 1, the gospel writer writes, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Peacemakers are children of God. And as children, they seek to replicate everything that their heavenly Father does. And especially everything He's done in peacemaking. Our, Our children are looking up to us, right? Even your adult children. I am a child. I, I, I want to represent my, my earthly father. I I want to, in a lot of ways, parent and be a husband like him. So we, too, seek to be a peacemaker like our Heavenly Father. For he says in Ephesians 2, For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down his flesh in the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. God is our peacemakers. And so are his children our peacemakers in very tangible ways. We can forgive others because we have been forgiven. We can live a selfless life because of the example of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We We can be kind and compassionate to one another because of the loving kindness shown to us by our Heavenly Father. We can be brokers of peace because of the peace God has made with us by the gospel.
A kingdom living person is a peacemaker. So let me ask you to ask yourself this searching question this morning. If you were to be accused of being a Christian, someone had a an accusation to make against you. I say this person is a Christian. Is there enough evidence to convict you that you are a believer in Christ? And one example would be, have you sought to live peaceably with all men? Can people look at your life and tell that you have been changed because of Jesus Christ? One way that they can tell, one fruit that we can bear is that we are a peacemaker and not a troublemaker. So may God give us the grace to make peace, to cultivate peace, because he has. Because he has bestowed upon us the highest honor that we could possibly hope for. We have been called. We have been named a child of God. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you convicted seeing that we have oftentimes not been a broker of peace. We have in no way been fit to be a peacemaker. Lord, our only option is to look to you, is to look to the gospel and to see the good news that we have been forgiven, that we have been redeemed and restored, that you have made peace with us. So Father, in turn, help us to live rightly as your children. Help us to live in accordance with what the Prince of Peace has taught us. Help us to be peacemakers. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.